everyone, and welcome to Plan K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 9 through 12 of My Mister. Woo! We're almost done. We're almost free from this show. (laughs) It's so good, but it's so sad. It's so sad. It's so so hopeless all the time. Everything is hopeless. You think that there's hope, and then they say, no, there's not. And Why? then you think that there's romance, and then you think, please, no more. Oh, no romance. Please make this a romance-free zone. I hate all of the romantic storylines in this show. They're making me uncomfortable. The first one we ever got was a woman cheating on her husband. And then we came to love that husband, and then we came to hate the man she was cheating with, then we kind of came to like her, and that's a mess. So, and then we've got the young woman has a big old crush on the one person that's shown her kindness in her life. But also was her abuser for years? It doesn't seem like the healthiest of crushes it doesn't seem like i just objectively like you it's like you knew him in a context where he emotionally tortured you for a few years it doesn't seem like you two should be in a relationship yeah and then you came back into his life just to rub into his face how lovely it is that he's a fucking failure like thank you for failing all right well (laughs) That's where you're going to start. And then there's the third brother, who's actually the most normal relationship. I feel like we started out being like, oh man, he's got it the, the hardest. And he's got the craziest of the relationships with his estranged wife. And they're just chilling in the background every episode. They're just like, I don't know, we good. Yeah, we don't even know what's going on with her. I guess eventually maybe he'll get her back with the money he's stashing under the floor. Who's to say? I guess that's fine. It's not particularly romantic, but I mean, that's marriage sometimes. It's not always romantic. But <laughs> that's is that the only romantic storyline I'm rooting for at this point? I think it might be. Yeah, cuz then you've got and then you've got Jung-hui. Who... Oh my god! We found out who she has a crush on! You totally guessed it! I guessed it! The first cult shot of all time in Play on K. Woo. I think I say that anytime it happens. <laughs> but it doesn't happen often. So it always feels like the first. It's basically always the first. It's always exciting, like it's the first time. <laughs> yeah, she's super in love with a monk who, like... I mean, I get the struggle on her end, which is to say, I don't really believe in closure necessarily. Like, I think closure is kind of fabricated, and some people get it and some people don't, and you can still experience the end of something without closure happening. But it would be kind of on the next level, right? If, like, the man you loved, who you thought loved you, decided to just literally disappear, fully bounce... To give up everything to become a monk? I'm going to give up on what we have together uh, and choose none of it. And it seems like there might have not been as much communication as there could have been. 
Yeah, because she looked for him for a really long time, apparently, yeah. with Dong Hoon, and then he just decided to continue looking with her even though he knew. <laughs> so there was communication with him. You gotta tell your girlfriend that you're dumping her in a way that she can move on in the next 20 years. I don't know, that feels unresolved. Like you said, there's no closure, and I know that it's not necessarily the monk's responsibility to give Zhonghui full closure, but where they're both at, it seems like they didn't even have a conversation and he just disappeared in the night. Yeah. And she was like, where's my boyfriend? And everyone was like, he's not your boyfriend anymore. I'm so sorry. He's gone. <laughs> he shaved his head. He gave up everything. He doesn't think that what you have is going to bring him any happiness. What will bring him happiness is giving up everything, including what you have. Sorry, girl. Hey, sorry. We'll deal with this together. And she's like, we will not, sirs. Um, thanks for being friends. But I'd like a discussion with my boyfriend now. Kind of feels like that never happened. <laughs> yeah, he just went and lived his life. And clearly he's sad about it too, but not sad enough to, like, talk to her about it. So... Yeah. Which I get, especially if your contact with the outside world is just Dong Hoon's family. Maybe you're like, mm, I think I'll stay in the mountains. <laughs> The outside world seems jacked, so no. <laughs> I'm not coming back. Sorry, Zhonghui. I love you so much, but man, the world seems not very fun. I can't, yeah, it's that's a rough storyline, and maybe we'll get more information on it in the last four episodes. For now, it's just really bummed me out how in love with him Zhonghui is. Yep. And then speaking of unrequited love, we got your girl, Jian, your girl, is not having a good time. We told you not to fall in love, though. Yeah. Hey, bad idea. Friendship only, okay? You can think of that guy as, like, a nice uncle, or even, like, a, a brother, a very much older brother. Even a father, if you'd want to go there. I don't know if people who are orphaned want new fathers maybe she's not interested let's not think of him as a love interest not because of the age gap purely because he's married and his wife and he are going through a lot right now anything you started at any point in time surrounding this entire family right now is just a bad idea but especially Donghoon like he is dealing with a lot romantically or non-romantically as his case maybe um <laughs> and it just seems like a bad idea to try and enter stage right Gian ready to love you no not gonna work girl no and like I, I think she gets that like she's not trying anything but she's also not keeping it a secret from him, and it's just like, we also, I think that kind of plays into her plan, but I don't think that she made that up. I think she has the feelings. She's just, I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely harder to watch. Like you said, there's that pseudo storyline where she took the money at the end of the last four episodes, 
And she's like, I'm going to date him for real. And I think we were both hoping that that would just kind of go nowhere. And instead she's like, I'll kind of push him in the direction that maybe we could date just to see if it works. And then if he's not interested, it'll kind of work out better for him because he can probably get this promotion. But if he is interested, you know, it could work out for me. That's not really what we wanted to see from you. No. But it's understandable in a way. It's just a bad idea. Yeah. It's just a bummer to see that every time she approaches him, it feels disingenuous in that you know that's her real feelings, but you know she's also got this money in her pocket that's telling her to keep pushing him. And you're like, hey, could we have taken the money out of the equation to make me feel a little bit better about this? Yeah. Yeah, if there wasn't money, and then maybe if she just... I don't know. I mean, I think she's right that he would have just found another person to do it, to try and cause a scandal. And it's better Mm -hmm. having someone who has no intention of causing an actual scandal. Oh, since we're on the topic, even though it's kind of interrupting my last thought on that, um, (laughs) I was so proud of her little hatched plan of tricking him into thinking he was being followed him being do junior awesome that was so good amazing queen yes girl get it (laughs) get your not brother in there i love that he's being he's showing up yeah i just want to i want to know a little bit more about him it's actually starting to become distressing that he's just the guy that shows up when she needs something seedy done but he's a trustworthy person to do a seedy thing Uh uh-huh and he doesn't seem like he's working in the city's underbelly like he's just playing video games all day he doesn't seem like he's healer you know yeah just, what's what's his storyline? How does he know how to hack into this giant corporation's audit team's emails, but also doesn't do anything all day? Right. Hey, bud, you got skills. You could, like, do something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hack a bank or something. Hurt some rich people. <laughs> Go to jail. <laughs> we love to see it. Uh, freaking, uh, invest in GameStop. Ruin some hedge fund managers. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he's making bank on these games, and we don't even know it, but he's creating mods for all the video games that he plays, and he sells those. It's a good idea. I don't know. Doesn't seem like he's living the life of money, but he seems like he's got some skills that he could market. Yeah, I hope that he becomes a little more of a character in the last four episodes. Just a touch more, like give him a backstory or something. We're gonna pivot. We're gonna pivot in these last four episodes and show Jung Hui's storyline and this this dude's storyline. I don't know his name. He probably has one. Get focused on these side characters, really. Mr. Sunshine just spoiled me to think that every character gets a complete full circular story in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm I'm like, oh, he can't just show up when she needs a favor. He has to have a happy ending. They're kind of moving in that direction. I think although this hasn't been our favorite show because it's so melancholy, it is objectively great. 
And I don't think they'll let us down in that aspect. I think they'll give everyone an ending, a conclusion. That's just my hope. I don't actually know. (laughs) I did write that Gian and that dude met up at Quiznos instead of Subway because they're both evil. And that's how we freaking know. (laughs) Oh, Quiznos. You're sketchy. Did it seem like she was going to try and get a job at Quiznos when she thought she was going to lose her job? Twice. Two times she's been like, I think I'm going to work at Quiznos. I think Quiznos is the place for me. And she hasn't yet. Mm -mm. I kind of just want, okay, all of a sudden I'm here to talk about ideal endings, ideal finales. Okay. What if, okay, Dong Hoon was able to finish his task, whatever, of crushing Do Jun Young. He can do he can do that. That's fine. He he does that. He quits immediately. He Whoa. forms a company with his four buddies. Is there only three of them? I think there's only three. His three yeah. work people. The monk stops being a monk, gives up his lifestyle, comes back. Yes. Also, you get Gian there. She's doing the books or so, I don't know. She's working somehow for them (laughs) so she has a steady job and i think that's enough people it's him and five people right that's all you need to start a small you said eight eight minimum Uh, okay so we gotta get the computer boy in there okay so sonky bomb is now in there um what's the grandma doing does she want a job (laughs) the the grandma that's in the health clinic yeah or the mom either (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if either of them want jobs. I don't know if I want either of them to work, I guess, is where I fall. If you hire your brothers as janitors, do those count? We'll have to ask Yunhui. Yeah. Alright, so does that make eight, Yunhui? Is that good? Is that good enough? Can we open the company now? And you can be the lawyer! Because... That will save your relationship. Why am I still trying to save their relationship? I don't know. I'm the same way. We're the worst. They should leave. They're so unhappy. They're both in hell. And we're like, we think you could work it out, though. I think, yeah. The first eight episodes, I was more here for it. These last four episodes, there was a lot more of what you kind of briefly mentioned last time we talked of her being like, hey, Dong Hoon, what's up? You sad today? And he's like, don't talk to me, ma'am. That's not a marriage, bud. (laughs) No. What are you doing? Is this how you save your marriage? Right. And he's clearly all messed up over what happened and just suppressing those feelings. But it's also one of those things where it's like, okay, so you're going to keep her in hell. You're going to keep yourself in hell. You're not going to communicate about the hell you're both in. And this is it. This is the life. This is the one, the way the thing the dream that you are aspiring for the perfect marriage that you want your child to look up to and aspire to what (laughs) no bad idea i'm very glad that at least within these four episodes we got the breakdown and that beautiful horrible scene of them yelling and explaining to each other how they were both feeling. Finally. Finally. 
That is actually all I really wanted from the relationship, was for them to communicate. It's just hard, because it, it felt like that was the first step in saving their marriage. And then they were like, oh no, 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 it's the it's the last thing we're going to do before we end it, is tell each other our feelings for the first time ever. And okay. then we can be set free. And you're like, no, wait, no! What? <laughs> no! Don't be set free, you're supposed to be together, I don't know why. What if y'all just, like, talk like this every day once a day? Once a day, you sat down and had, like, a hard conversation until you were out of hard conversations, and then you had conversations just because you wanted to have conversations with each other. Let's think about it. Seems feasible. Think about it. Talk about it. Come back and see us. Let us know how it worked. <laughs> Marriage counselors, Emily and Raquel. Here we are. It's really hard to watch them it's i feel so much compassion for yunhui because i think she was in such a dark place for so many years and it seems like she tried here and there to kind of communicate how she was feeling mostly just boxed out of his family where she's like you would say things like i'm having dinner with my family but i'm not there do i not count as family that hurts, bud. I should be the family. Yeah. But it's so hard to relate to where I married the person that I met at 16. So we've always been part of each other's families. Because when you're 16, where are you going to hang out? You're probably going <laughs> to hang out at home. We grew up in a very small town. Yeah. You, you, have, you can go home and hang out. Or you can go to Walmart and hang out. <laughs> and we both liked our families a lot, so we stayed home. I I think after two weeks of dating, I went on vacation with Jason's family. I remember that. I remember that because he told me that you guys were dating, and then he told me that you guys were going to Washington State together with his family. And I was like, dang, all right. <laughs> okay that seems big my family's not that kind of family they never invited him on vacations which i get i think there's both types of families but uh yeah it was very surreal doing that with him so early at one point in college i don't know if you remember this but i was a camp counselor for like a week and jason lived with my mom Jason just went with me down to St. George, and so we didn't live there anymore, so he needed somewhere to stay, so he stayed at my mom's house. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they were just roommates for a week. I wonder what I, what I wouldn't do to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> right? My goodness, I want to see the day-to-day goings-on of that pair of roommates, because that sounds like a joy. <laughs> it sounds so weird. I can't imagine it. But yeah, we've always been really close with each other's families. And I can't imagine my husband ever being like, I'm going to go do stuff with my family and you're also not welcome to come. And also it's every night of every week. Every day, just me and my brothers. You're never invited. If we go to my mom's, I'll tell you later that we went to my mom's and that maybe you should have been there. But I didn't actually want you there, so I didn't tell you about it. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
Yeah, I I also felt a lot of compassion for her because I can't even imagine. How, I mean, definitely don't want to get too deep. I realize this podcast is not my therapist and Emily is not my therapist, but I have felt a level of isolation wherein I was in a living situation that I felt very alone. And then, yeah, I would get the last minute invitation to the family thing where I felt like an afterthought to their family thing. I didn't have any family there, so I was kind of grateful to be the afterthought, but also it starts to weigh on you to be the afterthought in the family, mm. you know? Like the, yeah, you're here, but you wouldn't be. If I had, if, if someone hadn't said something that reminded me of you, I maybe wouldn't have invited you. Yeah, and so... What? Yeah, and so, and that wasn't my spouse. That was just a weird living situation. Mm-hmm, that was like a roommate. Yeah, I can't even imagine being my spouse's afterthought. Yeah, it's really... <laughs> Apparently we are on Yoon-Vi's side in this. I didn't want or expect to be. I still think she did real bad. Yeah. She did a very bad thing. She said it, and he, he said it when he was first kind of having his breakdown, and it, I 100% agree with everything he said in that moment of him saying, if I was here as your husband and falling short and you came to me and said you wanted a divorce, that would be one thing. But you had to go and sleep with the person who I've always hated and I can't stand the sight of. And he's a terrible person. And I don't know how that couldn't feel more personal than just this marriage isn't working out. He didn't say it in those words, but... But you can feel that pain. Yeah, of just feeling it was just almost like a secondary dig. It's like, this is bad, and I don't want to be in this marriage, but I'm going to make sure that this is the most hurtful shit that could happen. Mm -hmm. Damn, okay, Yunhui, that is a lot. But then, yeah, I guess it, and then later she said, none of this excuses what I did. I was the wrong one. I did the wrong thing. I... It's just that it didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. I think that scene, both of their monologues as they were, were very, very well scripted. In my humble opinion, knowing nothing about a marriage that's falling apart, I think they did a good job of having them explain how each of them were feeling and how they had come to those feelings, what had driven their actions, and what they expected from the marriage, even if it was going to end. It was like, for the time being, it's not over between us, so this is what I expect from you. That was just so good to hear, all of it. Yeah, it was very good communication. It was very well scripted. It was what I wanted from the conversation as well, up until the point they were like, and I don't love you, so this is it. Which, that's not bad scripting, that's just a preference thing. <laughs> I do think, now thinking back on it, I appreciate that she has been so awful to Dojun Young now that they've broken up. I think it genuinely hurts to see, even though I hate him so much, it is very hard to watch her punch him while he's down. Just decimate. <laughs> Absolutely. I am humiliated by my attraction to you. <laughs> All right. Alright, dang. <laughs> but it does feel more in line with her character if that was 
her reaction to her marriage falling apart is instead of, you know, talking to Dong Hoon and kind of breaking it off in a reasonable manner, she's like, I will destroy your life. I will sleep with the one who you hate more than anyone. Dang, when Yoon Hui gets hurt, she goes hard. I do not ever want to be on Yoon Hui's bad side. No. She returns tenfold what she was given. So, yeah, I guess it makes sense that she cheated with his mortal enemy, which is the worst thing she could have possibly done in that marriage. That's just par for the course for Yoon Hui, I guess. That's what she was going to do. And she was going to do it well. And she did a great job of just... Man, like you said, it does hurt a little bit to hear her just eviscerate him verbally. But holy cow, does it also feel so good to have... Because he is so cocky and he's sitting there like, no, I was going to marry you. And she's like, okay, fucking lie. Detected. (laughs) Absolutely not. No bullshit. (laughs) Not doing this. (laughs) Oh, I think it's just hard because he's obviously losing his career, which is absolutely the ending I wanted for him. I don't think he should be a CEO of that company. I don't think he should lose his position just because of this stupid political fight. I think he should lose it preferably because he's bad at his job, which I'm not clear on. I don't know if he's good or bad at his job. It does seem like he spends a lot of time just trying to get more power. And I'm like, which one of you is actually working? There's like 10 guys on this board or whatever. Never seem to get any work done. Who's doing things? Pretty much only like Dong Hoon does anything in a management (laughs) position in that company. And they're like, promote him. Get him out of that work life. Put (laughs) Put him in the politics. He won't do shit. Mm-hmm. I think at one point it showed Do Jun Young coming back from a business trip. It was pretty oh, early yeah. on. And he so he did work at one point and he saved the China deal. So I guess he might be good at his job and now I'm feeling a little bit bad for rooting for his downfall. But it feels more reasonable that he could get another job. Whereas he can't get another pride. So to be like, we're going to take away his job and emasculate him in every possible way before he's fired. Yunhui, I know you've been through a lot, but it kind of feels like it's not his fault that you've been through a lot. It maybe feels like it's a lot your fault. It is hard to see you go this hard. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it is nice, though, seeing Jian go really hard at people. I can't get enough of that. Yeah, I like that. But hers is a little more underhanded. It's not like straight up to your face crushing your pride. It's just little jabs here and there that slowly destroys, which I'm here for. Mm Mm-hmm. I still don't trust her, so I'm not always on the same wavelength, where sometimes I'm like, I don't know if you're on the right path. Or if you're doing the right thing, I think you're trying at this point, but I still can't totally read you. Yeah, I fully trust that she's attempting to do the right thing. It's that I don't know that she knows um, maybe the most correct thing for every person. For example, kind of sucks that in a moment of being really mad at 
Dong Hoon, she told his wife that he knows about everything. So like, she's sort of in no actual direct way, because obviously it's on them. Their marriage and their communication issues are on them. But in kind of an indirect way, she's pretty responsible for the final blow to, or at least what seems like the final blow to their marriage. Mm-hmm. Because she was mad. Because <laughs> he didn't let everyone know that he hired her because she's said she was a runner. I guess she wanted him to explain that to CEOs. I think he did explain to the CEOs, in the secret meeting at least. He just didn't tell his coworkers. Oh, yeah, it was his coworkers. And then he was mad because, or she was mad because he was being like kind of standoffish because yeah. the loan sharks called him, right? Yeah. So she was like, I'm going to tell your wife everything. Ugh. That was a whole mess that we <laughs> spent a lot of time on. Yeah. That fight was really cool, though, I will say. Mm. Um, the proudest moment, maybe ever, for me regarding Dong Hoon was him straight up saying I would have killed your dad too if he was beating up my family. <laughs> Whoa. It was such a good line. It was so good. Because you think he's kind of gonna just sit there in shock for a while and then he's like, uh, no, this isn't over and I think she made the right choice. Your dad was literally beating up her freaking paralyzed deaf grandma. I would, anyone would have killed him. Yeah, a normal, regular person would have killed him. Your dad was trash. But dang, I didn't expect it. Mm-mm. Because in that one small moment, homeboy, I forget Malone Shark's name, looked genuinely so sad. I think that's his one weak spot, is that his dad died. You can't really take that away from him, even if his dad was a monster and absolutely deserved to die, and then he became his dad, and you're like, that's not good. (laughs) None of that is good. But I still cannot undersell how sad you are. Yeah, I definitely feel for him, and all of this is to say I definitely don't believe in real-life vigilante justice. But I do believe in self-defense, and I fully believe that eventually that loan shark would have killed Jian or her grandma. Yeah. Because the other would have paid off the debts, essentially. Like, he clearly had no qualms with beating them within an inch of their lives. But you cannot explain to someone who lost a family member in any way, and rightly so, you shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be something that they should have to accept someone that they care about was killed. Even if that person, like you said, even if that person was a monster, it's like they were still murdered. And that is rough. I still hate him. So his name is Guang Il. And he terrifies me. Absolutely. It's the showing up at her house after she paid off her debts for me. Oh my god, but that scene was another such a good because the freaking neighbor was watching oh my god such a good like little tiny full circle moment now the neighborhood has your back bud you're part of us now they notice i am worried though that he heard the conversation and is like oh that girl's a murderer oh fair enough i don't know if he could hear from that far away but in k-dramas sound travels so probably he heard every word but i don't know I, yeah, I hope it's not like, and then everyone in the neighborhood hated her, because that was one of the very few and wonderful heartwarming parts when they all walked her home. And then uh, Song Hoon was like, hey, 
Hey, I know someone who lives here. Hey, could you watch her house and make sure that no one terrifying tries to break in? Her gate's kind of rickety. <laughs> there were three moments that absolutely got to me. And the neighborhood walk was one of them. One of the big ones. It was so good. So good. The other two were the grandma getting accepted into the clinic when Gian first gets the text message. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> and so heartbreaking. I That part, actually, I think that was the only part I teared up at. Mm -hmm. And then the little forehead push after. Yeah. Yeah. Big feels. But I think that was the only moment in the first three episodes. The other two were in episode 12, which I think was a real banger. Episode 12 really got me. And it was it was that that walk, that neighborhood walk, and then the team running to the train, which I think happened just before the neighborhood walk, where it's like, mm -hmm. they're finally, they're all working overtime together. They're doing it. Gian's one of them. They're a work family. They're a work family. Then they run to the train. I don't know why they had to freaking take it away from us right at the end there and be like, oh, half of them don't make it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and then they're like, okay, well, we found new party members, so. <laughs> okay, fine, but I feel like they could have gotten on the train. Do we need to get back to the stalker storyline? Yeah, that was rough. It it felt kind of like it didn't go anywhere other than her being like, yeah, you're being stalked, clearly. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Yeah. It was, okay. Well, should we go? Yeah, you could have told him another time. And everyone could have been on the train and we could have had one happy moment, okay? Please. Please. Um, I was a little bit also warmed by the part where he visits his monk friend. And his monk <gasps> friend is like, I think you just need to... He pretty much gave him the same advice he had given Gian. If you take things seriously, other people will take it seriously. Mm. Wherein the monk friend was just kind of like... You take life so seriously and you're so affected by every single thing that happens and you'll always be weighed down as long as you're unable to just stop sacrificing yourself and just live your life. Do you, Would you tell your son to do this? Would you tell him to just be miserable for the sake of other people? Or would you tell him to live and be happy and good? Oh my god. I need that whole monologue posted on a wall somewhere on my bathroom mirror so I can read it every day and stop freaking pretending like my misery is helping other people. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was, yeah, that was really beautiful. I love that monk. He's a good monk. He may have left Junghui just totally, uh, you know, high and dry, but he's a good man. He's good at being a monk, which is, you know, what he chose above all else, so I guess that's good. Yeah, there's that. Terrible boyfriend. Great monk. <laughs> um, should we talk about the actress more than we should, or more than we have? Um, I have negative six interest in what's going on <laughs> with her. That's the most toxic relationship I've ever seen. Yeah, they're ridiculous. And then their conversation that I think was supposed to be romantic uh, at the very end 
when she's like, okay, well, we're never getting married, and I can't tell people I'm dating you because you're a janitor, and I was like, okay, well, this is, like, the opposite of what I hoped would happen because I feel like we could just stop freaking living up to shit standards and instead be like, you know what doesn't matter? People's jobs? Because it does not define their worth as human beings. You know what defines his worth? His anger at women and him taking all of his qualms of his feelings of inadequacy becoming anger directed at me and that's what i love about him okay not his work (laughs) i see past that i see the man on the inside the broken cruel man on the inside who found a way to destroy others so that he didn't have to live with his own inadequacies which Likely we're just imposter syndrome. I don't know. I'm of the opinion he's sitting there saying, I know my movie would have failed if it had uh, been released. And in my mind, I'm like, but do you know? Because in my mind, I tell myself a lot of shit when I'm having imposter syndrome that may or may not be true. And your thoughts are not you. And your thoughts, just because you have a thought doesn't make it true. It's deeper, Kat. Go ahead and, like, tear some people down, I guess, it, <laughs> so that you can live with yourself, with your failure self. Do what you need to do, I guess. I just hate watching it. And then she'll come back and date you in a couple years. Why? She's gorgeous, too, so. <laughs> ah! Why? Why? Yeah, I have negative sex interest <laughs> in that whole story. That's fair. Yep, yep. Which is surprising. I think negative six is pretty good. I am about at one interest in the soccer club stuff. Yeah. I think that moment that Dong Hoon gets beat up, oh, that was another heartwarming moment when the whole neighborhood starts running, just trying to find him. Freaking Kihoon, like, running like a wild man (laughs) around the neighborhood. So cute. They're trying to low-key talk down the cops and he's just Uh freaking running back and forth through the streets amazing (laughs) perfection and then dong hoon turning around and being like jian just so you know you have that too like you're in the same neighborhood and all of these ajushis we're freaking here for a fight any day (laughs) these these dudes love to fight they (laughs) do not get to nearly enough we're in soccer club and we're always in trouble because we're fighting we get drunk and we fight, and those are literally the only things we do. So, if you tell us there's a fight, we'll be there, is what I'm saying. And I hope you tell us there's a fight, because <laughs> we would love to be there. We would love to. Have you seen them? They're insane. <laughs> That's so cute! I... It was really good. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to see that happen, too. Is it a little predictable because they said it might happen? Yeah, but I'm here for it. I want to see her be like, hey, I actually need some help. I want the guy staring out the window to call the whole freaking neighborhood to beat up the loan shark more than anything. (laughs) I don't because it's so many people against one. I just want him to go to jail forever. Like, he's so freaking clever that I just need him to be put away. I don't know how he has escaped prison time up till this point, but he's clearly a danger to society, and I don't want all these cute gentlemen to go to jail for murdering him in a large pack to protect Jian. 
But I do want him out of the picture. And I hope they can... Well, I hope Gian, because she's the most, like, street smart and scheming of them all. I hope she can come up with a clever ploy to put him behind bars forever before the show is over. God, that's exactly what I need. She puts him behind bars. Yunhui, I don't know. Helps? Completely destroys. Yeah. Well, I was thinking she could be the person who gets to actually destroy Dojun Young. Like that makes more sense. She gets to be. I, she she can like destroy his career or something. I guess. Yeah, I don't know what kind of lawyer she is, but she doesn't seem like she deals with street criminals. Seems like more of a corporate lawyer. Yeah, my hey, impression. Could, could we get a little bit more information on what Yoon Hui is up to <laughs> in, in in any given day? We got. The tiniest bit of information on what their son is up to. Is his name Jisok? Yes. He's with his yep. aunt, Yunhui's sister. I can't imagine having a kid and then just giving them away at a young age like that. I don't know. Like, I know it's not the same. And like you said, there's boarding school. There's things. But just why? They're both stable in their careers enough that it's not like we couldn't afford to have our kid with us right now. Right. Yeah, I also feel like, I don't know, no shade, but absolutely shade, the freaking Korean education system is a lot harder on kids than the American education system, but he's gonna learn a lot in the Korean education system. That's fair. I, d- <laughs> I think they're a lot better at educating their children. But I only have really K-dramas to work off of, so I think they're better at education, but also maybe there's a lot more rampant bullying, you know? Yeah, Maybe that's, that's just true. a drama thing, but maybe that's why they <laughs> sent him abroad. He was like, I'm getting bullied in the fifth grade, and they were like, go to the States. Go to uh, freaking southern Utah, because... I don't know. I didn't have much experience with... I think bullying might have happened at our school, but I didn't see it happen too often. And I don't want to make this worse, but we also may have had an easy experience in southern Utah because we are white. Oh, yep. Big time. Yep. I actually don't know. I don't... I mean... Maybe Washington and Oregon, where there's a large Asian population, he would have a better time. I like to think mutants would not bully him. I like to believe that. But do I truly well, believe it? I'm going to call it out right now. The biggest bullies at our school were definitely the cowboys. And I feel like they would definitely bully freaking people based on race. But mm-hmm. that's just me. They were absolutely the biggest bull. Like, everyone's like, jocks are huge bullies. Not in the early 2000s in <laughs> southern Utah. It was the freaking cowboys. They were monsters. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Problematic. We're going to solve it on this podcast. We're going to solve bullying. <laughs> Call people we're out. Ready. Start naming names. <laughs> I do know, though, um, I guess, like, a real life but very anecdotal experience with the Korean versus the American um, education systems. So we have a friend whose brother-in-law lives in Korea and is married to a Korean woman, and they have a child who is half Korean, half Caucasian American. And 
they wanted her to live in Korea and get the Korean education system up until high school. Mm. And then they wanted her to, they, the plan was to move back home in 2020. Haha. <laughs> Plans in 2020 dying left and right. Uh-huh. Um, cause yeah, the plan was to move back home, but I know that that was postponed because of the pandemic. Cause she's getting pretty close to high school age. Whoa. And so I don't know if it's due to like bullying or just like a more difficult education system, but it was a decision they made to, for her mental health specifically because it's it's very competitive there and we want her to just be able to live her life. Obviously, she still needs to go to school, but like we don't want it to be detrimental to her happiness. Aww. And I'm not saying that's the case with all Korean kids in the Korean education system. I think a lot of them succeed and do really well. And like I said, I think it's probably a little bit better academically than the American education system. Mm. And just, yeah, I think the quality of education is a little bit lower in America. I don't think it's across the board. I don't think we're like, maybe we're some of the dumbest people on the planet. Who's to say? I would never know. <laughs> but I feel pretty dumb most of the time, <laughs> to be honest. But you know, there's some subjects that clearly we are far behind other countries like foreign language and geography where it's like kind of an American joke to be like we don't know anything about those things and we never will yeah because we're the worst <laughs> yeah but yeah my when I was entering high school in America we had that uh, dual enrollment program where you could go to college at the same time as you did high school and then graduate high school with a diploma and an associate's degree and I was pretty sure I was going to do that pretty set on applying and my mom was like that's fine I will happily support you and obviously that will get you ahead in your academic career but you're young and you should be a teenager once you will only get these four years to be a silly teenager and go to prom and drive around with your friends and you won't have those opportunities if you just study all the time and I think that's based solely on Korean dramas kind of the opposite of how a lot of Koreans see the high school experience yep I think that that's super super true because um, my mom said the exact same thing. In fact, even now, like later in life, when I sometimes express regret for not having that head start that a lot of our peers had uh, that enrolled in that program, she was like, she always says, but weren't you happy like getting the chance to do debate and just hang out every night, chill and like read not academic books? Yeah. And just, I don't know, be a kid. Because I, I mean, I didn't go out and drive around with my friends very often. I stayed home a lot, but like, I still am glad for the time I had to just, I don't know, be young and chill. I think I'll always have like a little bit of regret, though, that like, there was definitely some overly wasted time that like, if I had had maybe a few more skill building hobbies, it wouldn't have felt like a waste of time. But mm -hmm. I feel like it might have been my best opportunity to get skills in socializing maybe that's something that a lot of people don't feel they need to build as a skill but I'm very shy and somewhat awkward so any time I had to build friendships and get my head out of a book I think was very helpful to me 
Yeah, it was like a good time to to work on those skills. Uh huh. Why did we start this conversation? I don't know. Education system stuff, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, I might cut like twenty percent of that. No. <laughs> Most of it was talk? good. Yeah, our free talk is always a good time, I guess. Um, our scat poetry session. I just worry just about had. how many assumptions we made about different healthcare, not healthcare, education systems. Now I'm like, oh, panic. You don't know anything about anything. Don't make assumptions. Don't form Aww. opinions based on information you don't know. That's fair. I mean, we're in a society of cancel culture, so maybe... Lots of people will hate us and never listen to us again based on very small things we've said. But I like to think we are in a community of learning. And if we say things that are wrong or at least somewhat uninformed, that people will just reach out and be like, hey, I have a different experience. And again, even if it's just anecdotal, I hope people tell us like, here's what I understand the systems to be like, and here's my experiences of growing up in these places. And I want to hear that stuff, and I feel like if we're scared of the stuff that we're saying, then they'll be scared of the stuff that they could say. Fair. If we got it wrong, you can email us and just let us know, or if you just want to like share your experience of your education, uh, let us know where you were educated and what you thought at <laughs> playonkpodcast at gmail.com yeah or you can tweet at us we are at playonk on twitter or you can leave a comment on one of our instagram posts we are at playonkpodcast on instagram yeah we also have our website where you can comment directly on episodes you can access links to our affiliates like nordvpn and blueberry podcasting and you can sign up for newsletters and all kinds of good stuff and you will find all of that at playonk.com. Oh, I'm so proud of this transition. The smooth transition ends here because <laughs> now we're off of the school system stuff. If you want to donate to our podcast and help us keep this thing going for as long as humanly possible, you can go to our Patreon and support us directly there while also getting access to some of our bonus content. That's patreon.com slash play on K. Yeah, and then uh, you can also support us by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on any of the platforms that you are able to do so. Uh, some of those might be like Stitcher, iTunes, or Spotify. And yeah, that really helps us out. It helps other K-drama podcast listeners find us. Woo! Thank you as always for listening, and join us for the finale. We're I'm hopeful for it. I'm optimistic. It's gonna be good, right? I hope I it'll be good. Will it be optimistic? I do not know. <laughs> Join us for whatever finale we're getting ourselves into with my mister next week. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.